0: Serra da Mantiqueira is a mountain range that intersects three Brazilian states, Sao Paulo, Minas Gerais and Rio de Janeiro. In Sao Paulo, Pico dos Marins, in the municipality of Piquete, a most intriguing mystery took place in 1985. This story is about the disappearance of 15-year-old scout Marco Aurelio on a climbing excursion. He just disappeared without a trace, and the mystery still baffles his family, investigators, researchers and even ufologists. This is the strange case of Marco Aurelio's disappearance. Marco Aurelio Simon was born on January 16th, 1970. He was one of five children of Ivo and Noma Simon, and he had a twin brother called Marco Antonio. From an early age, the twins were interested in mysticism, suspense and mystery. Together, they learned the sign language and often communicated through it, leaving their parents with little understanding as to what they were saying. The two brothers even secretly took a detective course. Marco Aurelio had a visual impairment that meant that his left eye could only see 5% and his right eye 40%. However, he kept his spirits high and was a happy boy. With an adventurous spirit, he had no fear. The brothers had a happy, peaceful childhood and adolescence, and at around the age of 10 to 11 years, they discovered scouting. On one occasion, the Arariboya Scout Group planned to go camping at the Simon Family Farm in Maripora, in the interior of Sao Paulo. This aroused the curiosity of the brothers who wanted to participate in the group's scouting activities, to sleep in a tent and be close to nature. They were enthusiastic scouts and asked their father to participate in the group. Ivo, the boy's father, consented, and over time he became more involved in scouting activities, later becoming a pioneer chief. He also helped with Boy Scout training. Time passed and the fateful date in June 1985 arrived. Ivo, as chief, was participating in one of the meetings of the group called the Olivetano Scout Group when the leader, Juan Bernabéu, 36 years old, suggested climbing Pico Dos Marín. During the meeting, it was agreed that the tour should be accompanied by a local guide who knew the locale. Ivo and Juan's families were very close, so much so that they often spent vacations together. Juan lived in Guayanazes, some distance from the subway where the scouts met for the excursion to Pico dos Marín. The night before, Juan slept at Marco Aurelio's house as he lived closer to the metro station. The following morning, June 6, 1985, a Thursday, Mr Ivo took Juan and Marco Aurelio to the subway where they met the other scouts who would be participating in that weekend's activities. There were four, Marco Aurelio Simon, Osvaldo Libero, Ricardo Salvione and Ramatis Rome, all aged 15 years old. The group headed to the bus station to catch a bus to the city of Piquete. When they arrived in the city, they met Paolo Roberto, who transported them in a combi to the base of Pico dos Marín and the house of Afonso Xavier, a local guide who would accompany the scout expedition. The group set up camp at the base as soon as they arrived at around 2pm. There they remained for the rest of the afternoon and that night. They slept in the camp so that the next day they could complete some scouting activities which could be assessed. On Saturday morning June 8th, the group began their expedition to Pico dos Maran. Before leaving the base, Juan heard from Afonso's wife that Afonso was no longer available to guide them. Juan was not concerned and decided to follow the trail without a guide. Afonso's presence was actually essential as he alone had the experience necessary to guide the route safely. Pico dos Marén reached an altitude of 2,500 metres. Going alone, in a new place for him, without the accompaniment of a guide, was an unwise and unfortunate decision. A curious fact is that another group of scouts who also intended to climb Pico dos Marines that weekend passed by the base and invited Marco Aurelio's group to join them. But Juan refused their offer. When the group of scouts were at approximately 1,700 metres altitude, around 2pm, one of the boys was injured and could not walk. One couldn't tell if the injury was serious or not, just in case they had better go back to ask for help. Marco Aurelio said he could go ahead, marking the path, making space if necessary. Juan gave permission for Marco Aurelio to return to the camp alone, descending Pico dos Marín and leading the way, chalk marking the number 240, the group's identification code, on stones as he walked. Juan trailed Marco Aurelio at a distance of 100 metres when they found rocks in front of a fork. Marco Aurelio had been instructed to follow the path on the left, even though they knew that there were obstacles that would hinder the group's passage while carrying an injured party. Afterwards, Juan returned to the other boys, and together they began their descent. The region was rocky and had no vegetation, meaning their view was not compromised. Fifteen minutes after the boys separated, it was no longer possible to see Marco Aurelio descending Pico do Marins towards the camp, When they arrived at the fork, something strange happened. Juan brought everybody along the right path, saying that both paths would connect down below. A basic rule of survival in remote locations is that groups should never separate. Why then did the leader, an experienced scout, ignore this? Also, why would Juan have taken a different path to Marco Aurelio? If he had managed to get help... How would Marco locate the group again? Juan's decisions were unusual, but the mystery did not stop there. The group got lost on the way and arrived at the camp base 16 hours later at 6am the next day. Marco Aurelio was not there. The logical thing would have been for Juan to have gone to Afonso's house, the local guide, which was just 50 metres from the base to ask about the boy. But he didn't do that. Juan rested for a while at the camp and then left the boys to sleep while he returned to the mountain alone in search of the boy. Five hours later, Juan returned to the base. Alone. The combi driver was already there to take the group back to the bus station. He noticed Marco Aurelio's absence and learned what had happened. The police were called and search teams were dispatched to the location. The group decided to stay to help with the search. As the teenagers prepared to sleep on the second night, close to where Marco had disappeared, they heard a scream followed by a whistle coming from the bush. Knowing that Marco carried a whistle because he was a scout, they ran towards the woods and witnessed several flashes of a blue light. The group shouted and whistled, but there was no response. Ivo Simon was only notified of his son's disappearance at 10pm on Sunday. Marco Aurelio's father had many contacts in a city neighbouring Piquet, called Lorena, and they mobilised searches with the support of the press, the COE, Special Operations Command with 18 men and the armed forces, the 5th Bill. Infantry Battalion Leave of Lorena, with 180 soldiers. Also participating in the search were six climbers from Agulas Negras, helicopters from the airbase of the Garatingueta School of Aeronautic Specialists and a plane sent by the then-governor of Sao Paulo, Franco Montoro. Unfortunately, these searches were unsuccessful. A year after Marco Aurelio's disappearance, In 1986, Ivo and his wife went to visit the spiritualist Chico Xavier in search of answers. Chico, well known and respected for his mediumship and ability to communicate with disembodied spirits, said that he was unable to communicate with Marco Aurelio and so he could not be dead. Ivo never abandoned the case. He wanted to know what had happened on June 8, 1985. But after five years of investigation, and without any evidence as to what had occurred, the case was closed in 1990. One theory suggested the possible involvement of extraterrestrials due to Pico dos Marins supposedly being a region of intense magnetic power. The evidence of the blue lights is only supported by the group of scouts who witnessed them. Afonso, who was there, disagreed saying that the lights came from houses some distance away. A second theory is that Marco Aurelio was killed by a wild animal from Serra de Mantiqueira. However, the location of the disappearance was more than 1,000 metres above sea level and is dominated by rocks with no vegetation. This does not support the hypothesis of a predatory wild animal such as an ocelot or cougar being in the region. And even if this could have happened, it is unlikely that there would be no trace of a body. A third theory that emerged was that Marco Aurelio had run away. This hypothesis also appears to be quite unlikely as there is no evidence to support this intention and why would he run away in Pico dos Marín? With the advancement of technology in our time, and even with an identical twin brother, How could Marco Aurelio still remain hidden from society to this day? Ivo himself does not believe in this hypothesis. Despite all the search efforts, no sign of Marco Aurelio was found, no indication of where he had gone or what had happened to him. Immediately suspicion fell on Juan Bernabeu, the leader of the group. His actions were scrutinised. Alfonso's wife denied that she had said that Alfonso wouldn't go on the trail. She said that she had prepared his lunch herself, and that it was Juan who decided to go alone with the boys. The hypothesis was put forward that he had killed the boy, and that, after the scouts arrived at the base, he had returned to the mountain not to try to find him, but to get rid of his body, which would explain the lack of trace of the boy. The investigation led to the disclosure of Juan's personal history. He had previously been expelled from another scout group. Some statements reported that his misconduct included not complying with scouting regulations, that he was authoritarian, that he threatened the boys and did not accept being reprimanded. Now, under suspicion, Juan agreed to take a polygraph at the police station. On the arranged date, Delegate Francisco Baltazar Martin stated that Juan had suffered psychological pressure and this would taint the result. Thus, there was never proof that Juan had acted intentionally, so he was never charged or arrested. Recently, in 2021, the case once again came to public attention when the police chief... Fabio Cabet, asked the court to unarchive the investigation after the child's father, now 82 years old, contacted the police with new information. According to the new evidence, his son had been killed and buried in a place where a small house now stands, in the area where the scouts had camped at the time, in the rural area of Piquet. A daughter of the former owner of the property, identified this as a possible location of the alleged crime. She reportedly had seen some disturbed earth, similar to a grave, which she believed could be connected to the case. She tried to dig it at the time, but was unsuccessful. The police went to the location and their operation lasted 17 hours. The floor of one of the rooms was identified as the possible place where the boy was buried. According to the police, they decided to excavate the area after identifying material with Joradar, a device that has several functions, including using X-ray waves to detect any material other than Earth which is under the ground. The equipment was calibrated with the knife and belt buckle used by scouts at the time, and when it was passed over the ground, identified the presence of metal The police reported that this material was around 40 centimetres underground. However, nothing was found when they excavated the soil to a depth of 70 centimetres. Today, in addition to the homicide hypothesis, a second line of investigation is working on the possibility that he is alive but homeless. There have been alleged sightings of him in Taubate, Sao Paulo, begging in the streets. The family commissioned a digitally aged image of the boy from experts to include the facial features of a homeless person and used it to continue the search. Amidst the new investigations, audio recordings began circulating on WhatsApp groups that said that Marco Aurelio had been killed by an individual with a severe psychiatric illness. Officials denied this version and asked the public not to share rumours and false information. With his wife already deceased, Evo continues alone, steadfastly searching for answers from the authorities. In an interview, Evo said, ''I'm 82 years old and I won't die until I have these answers. I don't know what my reaction would be if I met my son today, but if they discover the bones and prove that they are his.'' then there would be another problem. Who killed my son? No evidence has yet been found that could shed light on the almost 40 years' disappearance of Marco Aurelio. Hey.